to all the listeners out there and welcome to the seventh episode of our Talang's Investor Relations podcast. I am so delighted to have here with me today two guests from HDI Global Specialty, the Chief Executive Officer Ralf Beuter and the Chairman of the Board of Directors Ulrich Wallin. Ralf and Ulrich, welcome to both of you and thank you so much for dealing with my questions today. Hello and good morning, Shirley. Good to see you. Good morning, all thoughts from my side. Well, to start with the first question, as the name HDI Global Specialty says, what is so special about it, Ulrich? Yeah, Shirley, thanks for your question. That is really the type of business that we write. It is a business like aviation, offshore energy. We also have business what's called contingency which is business, for example, like price indemnity, where you uh, cover maybe a price that uh, you get when you hit a hole in one in golf. It's often that uh, there's a par three, and then if you hit a hole in one, you get a shiny, nice car. That's special about it, and the idea is that uh, in this business, you need special underwriting knowledge that is different from standardized business like the normal uh, property and liability business or motor business, for example. And that's the kind of business where HDI on the commercial side was a little bit underweight compared to some of the successful competitors. And therefore, it was sought to create a specialty company and a specialty unit. Thank you. Ralf, to you, could you give our listeners a brief overview of your portfolio? Which line of business is your largest one and which one would you say is the most profitable one? Uh, thanks, Shirley, for, for, for the question. And uh, as Uli already was alluding to, to some, some lines of business, what is it what we do at HDI Global Specialty? We do aviation, we do space, we do bloodstock, uh, sport, leisure, entertainment, pet and farm pack, financial lines. Uh, political risk, political violence coverages, excellent health, marine, species, delegated authority, a whole bunch of lines of business, very special to be looked at. And that, of course, underlines what, what, what Uli was already saying. Probably the two largest lines of business we have, have at HDI Global Specialty is, is aviation and space and, and financial lines. Uh, if we look back at HDI Global Specialty into the past, what has been extremely profitable for us As a company, it's clearly aviation and space. Um, we have made quite substantial profits over those those years. We have we have experienced teams in in various locations. So if if, if you ask me what what is the most profitable line, it's clearly, in my opinion, aviation. And the two largest lines of business uh, currently is financial lines and aviation. Thank you so much, Ulrich. The focus of your business is global. Which markets or countries do you regard as key for specialty? And what are your further international expansions plans? Well, I mean, key markets are, of course, the UK market, because uh, there you have the Lloyd's market that writes a lot of specialty business as well. So HDI Global Specialty has a relatively large uh, branch office in Lloyd's. Then we have the Canadian market, uh, Australian market, and uh, for us, But that's not for specialty as a whole. Also, the Scandinavian market is uh, very important, particularly in Sweden, because we have a branch office in Sweden that has a history of profitability dating back to the late 90s. And then, of course, the big question is because the largest part of the specialty business is actually in the U.S., And so it's a very important market at 
HDI Global Specialty, we have a restricted approach to the U.S. business because we haven't got a U.S. location as yet. And uh, therefore, we only write the U.S. business from London and Germany. We have, uh, due to the business that was transferred from HDI Global, also interesting locations in Europe, say uh, Netherlands, Belgium and Denmark, which are not that large in size, but uh, result-wise, they are quite promising. And, and perhaps if I just may add, surely, I mean, HDI Global, especially the, the division, of course, is that we're building a global acting specialty lines carrier. And we, we have 10, 10 locations currently. And uh, Uli has alluded to where we, of course, want to wanna grow uh, internationally, um, parts in the US, but Asia and also South America. I mean, they're virtually blank blank spots, especially Asia and, and, and South America currently. So although we don't have concrete plans yet, um, it definitely will go on the agenda in, in some years' time. Could you explain to us what exactly the delegated authority business is and how important is it for you, Ralf? Let's start with, with the second part of the question. If we look at the premium volume of HDI Global Specialty, virtually as of today, we have 50% saying risk business and we have 50% delegate authority business. And delegate authority business virtually is that you have a third party who does the underwriting for you, potentially also does the claims handling to a certain degree for you. So you're not doing the underwriting or parts of the claims handling yourself. You have somebody else doing it for you. Uh, of course, that, that requires that you pick the right partner with the right expertise, with the right marketing, with the right products, with the right pricing. Um, and of course, you need to have a proper oversight and control over that agency in place to ensure that this agency only does those things which are agreed with you as a carrier beforehand. I mean, I would say on the delegated authority in the Tarlang group, Hannover has a long history in uh, supporting that business. And I think we made every possible mistake in the past in, in that business. But uh, that also meant that our approach to the business has taken into account all those experiences that we have. So hopefully we have fewer mistakes these days and we have some really very attractive agencies. I mean, our biggest one is an agency called Svedea, which is also owned by HDI Global. And uh, that writes business like snowmobiles, motorcycles, pleasure craft, and uh, also uh, so-called pet insurance where we insure cats and dogs for health. And that's a very successful agency. It grows like 20% every year. And uh, I think this year we will probably have a, a premium income of, say, 120 million euros with a combined ratio in the mid-80s. So that's quite attractive. Well, I have another question. Why is HDI Global Specialty growing faster than expected? Are you gaining market shares or is it more like the market is growing? And considering the fast growth, how do you ensure that your portfolio quality is and remains good? I think it's a bit of both. I mean, uh, we're gaining market share and uh, the market is growing mainly due to rate increases because we've, the point in time when we started Global Specialty turned out to be rather fortunate because we saw a hardening market from 2019 onwards. And of course, we set it up into for 2019. And that was, of course, following a very soft market in the preceding years, which resulted in pretty bad loss ratios in that business. So there was a reaction to the market. So we clearly hardening market. 
And uh, why are we able to grow our market share without compromising on profitability? That is because we had, a, when we were starting the business, which was basically the old Hannover company into Hannover, and some of the business that was transferred from HDI Global Specialty, our market share was very small. It was below 1%, and it was significantly smaller than, for example, the market share we have in the uh, global industrial business. And therefore, we were just growing in our market share in the global industrial business. Uh, that helps the growth. That the growth was accelerated then also has to do with the increased rates and with the fact that there was some dislocation in the markets, particularly in the London market, which allowed us to employ teams of underwriters with good track records that became available due to uh, these dislocations in the market. So overall, how do we ensure profitability? I think we have 112 pricing models, which are actual pricing models for our business, which of course take into account uh, expected losses as well as cost of capital and of course the expenses. And that is the way we ensure that we get the right price, that we know which business we should grow and which business we should shrink. And uh, also helps us with risk selection And uh, it's, of course, the experience and the uh, uh, knowledge of our underwriters. Couldn't agree more, Uli. I mean, uh, it, of course, it's, it's, it's cycle management. So, um, and, and Uli has already alluded to it. I mean, we, uh, the market is growing. We increase our market share. The rates move up. We have expanded our geographical footprint at the same time. We, we believe we have the right people. We add the right people going forward. And whilst we do that, which is, of course, all in favor of HDI Global especially, and in some, some lines of business, we even, in our opinion, de-risk, that we reduce capacities, we increase deductibles, we restrict coverages. So overall, uh, from, from my perspective, and hopefully also from, from Uli's, it is clearly a su success story so far for you know, of HDI Global especially. And um, we believe uh, it will, will continue going forward. Yeah, for us, really, the technical profitability of the business is a number one priority. A growth is only the second priority because growth is only valuable if it creates underwriting profit. It's my, my favorite phrase from the CEO of Hanover in the mid-90s. Volume is vanity and profit is sanity. May I ask you guys to reveal what the most interesting or most amusing policy was that you have signed so far? I mean, if, if we look back in, 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 in the years, and Uli has already alluded to that, of course, uh, always a, an amusing policy is if, if you ensure a hole in one. If, if, if a golfer hits the, the hole with, with just one, one strike and gets a certain price for it, um, many years ago, in 2006 in, in Germany, when we had the uh, World Championship in, in, in football here, We, we actually insured uh, one of the big uh, electronic selling companies. Uh, they had a promotion period for, for three, three weeks. And if you would buy a tally, and uh, Germ uh, or in this case Italy would become the world champion, they would actually be reimbursed with, with the uh, purchase price. And that is clearly policy, which was not that amusing at the time because we had to pay a claim. Needless But to say, Italy won. Italy won, yeah. <laughs> But, 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 but at the end of the day, in, in hindsight, of course, it, it, makes, us, it, it makes us smile. So it, it's, it's still a, a nice story we share amongst colleagues and puts a smile on our face, although it costs the, comp the company quite a bit of money. 
And if you ask what is the rate for hole-in-one insurance in professional golf, it's around 1%. Ulrich, what would you say is the biggest risk in your business? Well, it's basically twofold. One, I would say, is still a U.S. hurricane, U.S. windstorm southeast, because we have delegated authority in the U.S. writing hurricane-exposed risks. We are reducing those exposures. And the other is a larger delegated authority business in liability classes, particularly very long-tail liability classes, where there is not a full understanding of the risk. And therefore, in the initial underwriting years, the business is under-reserved, and then you have to reserve a number of underwriting years at the same time, which means that uh, you have a large loss, and there's no compensation for that, because most likely at that time you have cancelled the underwriting agency, or the delegate, which writes the delegated authority for you. So there's no payback that, that, that you can get there. So that's a big risk which we have to avoid. To what extent has the pandemic influenced your businesses? Are there any new business opportunities you have developed as a result? If I look on, on you know, how, how has it affected our, our, our business, I, I think there are two aspects. We do sport leisure entertainment business and contingency business. And of course, that, that is a typical systemic event. The pandemic virtually led to a situation that virtually all of the policies we were writing in contingency, which is cancellation, abandonment of, of events. So it's basically if there's a concert of a, of a, of a rock group and uh, we ensure that it actually happens. And if for any reason, be a pandemic or bad weather or illness of the main uh, lead singer or something like this, it cannot take place. Then we have a loss because we reimburse the people that have arranged uh, for, for, for this concert for, for their lost revenues. Exactly, Uli. And, and of course, the corona crisis or the pandemic situation has virtually led that virtually all policies were triggered with a claim at the same time. Has it created new opportunities? Not necessarily, surely, in, in, in the lines of business we, 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 are, we are transacting. But overall, um, the impact is, is manageable for us as, as a company. Well, I think ESG, which means environmental, social and governance, is becoming more and more important. And I think it is representing a danger for several lines of businesses, for example, legal, D&O or mining. In which way do you give consulting advice to your customers to minimize these risks? I mean, it's of course a, a, a hot topic and, and even more so if, if we look at the recent events we have also seen in, in, in Germany, if we look at climate change and, and the impacts that, that's, that of course have. It's something we in the group, in the Thailand group, but also at HGI Globe especially, take, take very serious. And of course we work with, with our clients also in the transformation or transition uh, to become more climate-friendly, um, if, if I may call it like, like this. Uh, HDI, as, as you know, has been founded by the German industry, so it's not, not our philosophy to, to let them stand in the rain alone. Of course, we talk to them, probably more the colleagues from HDI Global with the traditional products, but also us at HDI Global especially, to, to, to help them in the transition. You, you mentioned DNO and mining. As at HDI Global especially, we, we continue to be a 
an insurer for the mining industry. Uh, if we look into electromobility, uh, you need batteries for that. Where do the materials come from? I mean, they quite often they actually they, they have to be mined. Even though we don't do open pit coal mine. Yeah, exactly right, Uli. But 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 of course, if if you look, at everyone is talking about electromobility, but you you need the materials for 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 the batteries, and they 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 don't grow on trees. I mean, you have to get it out of earth. That needs to be done in the best possible way. That you extract them from 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 other earth in in the most environmental protecting way. Put put it this way, and and we are a partner for for the industry to help them in their in, in their transition as much as we can. My last and I think my most important question for you guys is, to what extent do you add value for the Talang's investors? HDI Global Specialty was set up as an initiative of Thorsten Lawyer to create a win-win-win situation. Why win-win-win? It was set up to be a creative for Talang's, HDI Global and Hanoferi. For all three, the aim is to increase the profitability. For Talangs, very clearly, the specialty business previously was resting mostly in Inter Hanover, which was 100% owned by Hanoveri. For Talangs, that means that 50% of the profits would go to the Hanoveri minority shareholders. If the re now as the uh, share is reduced to 50% of Hanoferi, only 25% of the profits go to, uh, to, to the Hanoferi minority shareholders. So creative for Talangs. Uh, for HDI Global, they get profitable specialty business, which, which previously they didn't have. And for Hanoferi, as uh, the growth of Inter Hanover was curtailed, by the fact that Hanoveri is a reinsurance company and does not want to compete with their clients, being the other insurance companies, due to the higher growth that in the new setup we could get with HDI Global Specialty, they also get a higher profitability out of that business, despite the fact that instead of 100%, they only have 50%. There's nothing to add from us, Uli. Ralf and Ulrich, thank you so much for taking the time to be my guest today. I appreciate it so much. Thank you and have a nice day. Thanks, Shirley, and have a nice day. To our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. It was a pleasure to share these insights with you. Until next time, take care. <laughs>